You're listening to the Five Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is singer, songwriter, and pianist Tori Amos. Tori has composed songs that focus on a broad range of topics, including politics and religion, since the 1980s. She's been listed as VH1's 100 Greatest Women of Rock and Roll and has received five MTV VMA and eight Grammy Award nominations. I spoke to Tori about the times and tribulations of her career as she wrote in her new book, Resistance, during this podcast episode. Unlike your siblings, you didn't need piano lessons growing up because it came naturally to you. When did you realize that you had musical talent and what motivated you to turn that talent into a career? I guess I realized it when my mother would get excited that my dad would leave the house dressed as a minister and she'd lock the door and start spinning records. And then she'd have me play it back to her. And the joy on her face made me realize she wasn't doing that with my brother and sister who, who were in music lessons. <laughs> in the 1980s, you signed with Atlantic Records, moved to LA and formed a band producing an album that wasn't that successful. What did you learn from this experience that proved to be useful later? The failure of Why Can't Tori Read commercially made it so that uh, very few people that I thought were my friends wanted to talk to me. So the idea of failure was something no one wanted to catch, especially in LA at the time. And what I found was that failure was a great teacher for me. I realized that the piano was, um, well, she never betrayed me, I betrayed her. And that made me commit to never betraying her again. How has your role as an artist changed since you first started your career and what obstacles do today's artists have to overcome to sustain themselves? When I first started my career at 13, 14 professionally, I was playing gay bars and then three blocks from the White House at Piano Bar. So I was developing as a songwriter too. And my father, the minister, would send my tapes out to record companies who would always say, who wants this girl at the piano thing? So after a few years... I started to listen to what the record company people wanted and then started writing things that were really my style, trying to be something I wasn't. And that's been something that I've carried with me. Anytime I do something that isn't coming from the right place, then it usually isn't very good. I think artists today, they have a different challenge, whereas there was artist development when I was coming up. There was time to have a failure like I had in 1988 with Why Can't Tori Read. I think it's very difficult to have a failure and then be supported and developed by labels or management. So that's a very different thing. There's not a lot of time for artists to develop right now. You have created decades worth of music influenced by social and political movements. Our world feels more divided than ever, yet issues like the coronavirus pandemic, climate change, and income inequality require all of us to band together. How do you think your music and this book can provide encouragement to people who want to make a difference? The book is really about creating through crisis and creating toward a crisis. And hand on my heart, Dan, I believe that every story has value. It might not seem like it at the time, but certain crises can 
align with an artist's work. And perhaps there are artists out there who haven't found their voice yet, but what they're going to learn during this quarantine, during this lockdown, what emotions it brings up for them, I do believe they might find their true voice and find their true north through this. I'm not saying that you as an artist want a global crisis to happen. 9-11 was a time of crisis, the war, there have been times of collective trauma. But I feel like some artists do find their voice through working through their own pain and their own emotions. I agree. And what's your best piece of career advice? You have to be able to laugh at the crap you write. Because, um, you know, yes, I understand the need to be vicious with your own work and to really look at it and be tough on it. But I also encourage people to have a think tank when you're showing your work to people. Make sure you're showing it to people who, and this is really key for me anyway, I'm not necessarily somebody who loves rap, but I can appreciate when something's done well. And I think that if I'm going to like play a new album to somebody who I know hates white girl chick music, then that's kind of stupid because I'll be demoralized, right? Unless I know that that person can be sort of objective, even though it's not their thing, they can see if it's done well. And so I would pick your um, think tank wisely, but I wouldn't pick all yes people, but I wouldn't pick people who are sadists either. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Tori. To follow her journey, you can read Resistance and find her on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, where she shares her latest music releases, fundraisers, gear, and conversations. 